Are you ready to hustle? Welcome to The Hustle with Justin Harrison, the ultimate podcast for money, motivation, and inspiration. In this season of The Hustle Podcast, we're focusing in on business, small business, big business, side hustles all the way through to main hustles. The focus is on entrepreneurship and helping people grow their businesses and find the answers they need in order to take on growth and, of course, achieve their goals. Today, I'm joined by Michelle from Joburg, Pretoria area, one of our inland listeners. We're going to focus in on her business journey and some of the questions she's got. So, Michelle, let's jump right in. Maybe tell us a quick little bit about your business, and then let's get into the first question. Hey, Justin. Yes, thanks for having me. So I opened a practice. I've been employed all my life, but a year ago, less than a year ago, I decided to quit the rat race and I started a practice called Color Synthesis Skin Correction. I'm one of a very few in South Africa that actually does this. So it's a paramedical tattooing that we do to correct and camouflage stretch marks, scarring. So I work with a lot of plastic surgeons in order to cover surgical scars or stretch marks or anything like that, dark marks. The question I have is because the business is quite young, it's less than a, a year old, but I am a sole proprietor and it's only me doing everything. And it runs, like I said, very similar to a medical practice, but it's growing very fast. And I know I'm not in the right position just to do everything by myself. Um, so how do I scale my business so I don't burn out? And when is the right time to employ people without financially risking the business? I get very anxious just thinking about like employing people, being responsible for monthly salaries, HR issues, and taking on bigger premises. Because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen financially in the future and the practice is still very young. So how would you advise? Sure. So this is such a great question and such a deep question, really. And as somebody who started 109 businesses, I truly understand this journey. And I think it's important just to unpack some foundational stuff first before I give you the answer. Foundationally, you need to understand that employment and self-employment is very much the same thing, except that self-employment is worse because in self-employment, you have all of the risk. You have all of the risk of people not paying you. You have all of the risk of not having enough customers. You have all of the risk of having to carry accounts. You have all of the risk of having to do the work yourself. If you're not physically able to do the work, you wake up sick tomorrow, you can't actually physically do the work. So I often say to people, the most dangerous place in the world to be is self-employed. I would rather be employed than self-employed, as crazy as it sounds. Now, the next stage after self-employed is entrepreneur. And when you move from self-employed to entrepreneur, it's uh, basically what people refer to as business ownership. And business ownership is the idea that you work on your business, not in your business. And so it's very different from being a solo entrepreneur. Being a solo entrepreneur, and I say this to doctors, I say to accountants, I say to lawyers, if you're operating on your own, you are at risk. You've got major risk. But then, of course, there comes in this balancing act. How do you move from self-employed to entrepreneur? How do you grow the business? When is the right time to grow the business? And then understanding that in order to grow your business, you've got to have money. You've got to have certain things in place to do it. And so this is now where we get into the difficult part of the conversation, because really this is about resource and asset allocation. Right now, you are the resource. Right now, you are the asset. Right now, you are the one who's making this business work. 
But here's what it comes down to. First of all, in order to move from a position of self-employment into entrepreneurship, it means that you're going to have to give up a portion of the money that you're making. You're going to have to give up some profits. You're going to have to take on some burden, whether it be employing staff, whether it's taking on extra premises, whatever it is. Now, the answer to this question is very, very simple. You need to understand that one in three business startups will fail within the first year. So if you make it past the first year, consider yourself a very good statistic. You're on the right side of things. But then also understand that 90% of businesses won't make it through the first five years. And the reason why it becomes harder year one to year five is because they're entering into a growth phase. And a lot of businesses try to force growth from the inside out, meaning they go and employ staff before they need to. They go and take on extra premises before they need to. They take out big advertising before they need to. And this is really about making sure that you get hold of as much money as possible in your business. So what I always tell people, the way to get to growing is creating runway in the business. Now, what do I mean by runway? You need to save up enough money that you can operate at least for one to three years without getting any income in the door. And if you can set aside that kind of money, you now have a one to three year runway to start trying things. Part of trying things is taking on staff. Part of trying things is expanding. But if you're currently just making a small amount of money that's just covering you, you've got to get to making more money. That's the bottom line. You've got to get to making more money or you've got to figure out how to spend less money so you can save money. You've got to be saving money. You should never be thinking about expansion until the business can afford to pay for its own expansion. And so this leads back directly into what I was saying earlier. A lot of businesses try to force growth from the inside. And so they'll go take on a loan. They'll go and take on investors. They think that getting more money is going to be the answer to the growth. But there is only one answer to growth, getting more customers. If you're at a point where you can no longer service any additional customers, that is the time that you need to start looking to grow. But it is conditional to if you're making enough money. So there's no point in you, you've, you're fully booked eight hours a day, but you're not making enough money to employ a second person. Then you need to go back to the first problem, which is, am I charging enough for my services? Are my margins good enough? And any business that is going to grow and be successful over the long term is going to fund its growth out of customer profits. In my businesses, I have a rule. I set aside 60% of all profits every single year in every single business as part of our growth and expansion plan because you need money to grow and expand. And the best way to get money is from customers because that means you retain 100% equity in your business. You don't become dependent on overdrafts and loans and you become your own bank. And this is the best piece of advice you're ever going to get as a solo entrepreneur is forget about trying to get outside money to grow your business. Forget about trying to do external factors. Very simple. Make sure you're booked eight hours a day and make sure that you're getting the maximum amount of value and that you've got good margin to be able to keep money back and grow the business. And once you have one to three years runway, only then do you start even thinking about taking on additional resources. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's also reassuring that I don't need to do it like now, now, now. Just be patient for a bit and just focus on getting that money in to get that capital and then think about expanding. Well, anything worth building is worth spending time on. Anything that's going to be sustainable is worth putting your life's work into. Everybody wants the immediate success. You know, people look at us now that we've got all these businesses and, you know, very successful. But what they fail to remember is that there has been 
a 25-year journey to this point. There's been a lot of failure. There's been a lot of successes. There's been a lot of learning. And so you're still in the baby, baby stage of your business. You know, the baby, baby stage of the business, you've still got a lot to figure out. You haven't yet figured out what the big thing is for you down the line. You, you've, you've probably hit a couple of niches, but it's going to be some time before you hit that thing that really starts making money and starts making money on its own to a point where you actually have to get extra people in to help you. And that's organic growth. But the moment you're trying to force growth, it's going to land up in tears and pain every single time. So keep it simple. Focus on doing a really good job. Focus on attracting the best customers that pay the most amount of money. Make sure you've got margin. Set aside a significant portion of profits. Don't don't treat your business like a piggy bank. Don't draw everything out of the business. You've got to keep some money because money is, and I always tell businesses this, money is like stock. And if you think about a shop that doesn't have any stock in it, well, you can't sell anything. The business is going to go under. Growing a business, part of your stock holding is having cash. You need cash to get resources. You need cash to be able to take out advertising and marketing. You need cash to be able to buy new equipment. And the problem is most businesses are operating on such thin margins and the entrepreneurs and the and the self-employed people in these businesses are drawing everything out of the business, leaving nothing there. And if you think of business as a baby, because that's what it is, your job as, as a solo entrepreneur to move it into a place where there can be multiple caregivers of the business other than you is to make sure that the baby eats first. The baby is the business. The business has to eat first and only then can you eat. And that's the way you have to grow a business. Um, so, yes, like I said, I, le- I left the hamster wheel of being employed all my life. So it's a new venture for me to be uh, running my own business. But I did take on a 230,000 rand loan from a family member. And I'm not paying hardly any interest on that. But my question would be, would I first then focus on putting every single cent that I earn um, in paying off that debt before I even start thinking about saving and investing? Or should I do both at the same time? You know, so again, such a great question. And, and again, needs a lot of unpacking to answer that. So conventional financial advice will tell you that if you're paying zero to next to nothing on interest, you know, keep that loan in existence for as long as possible because it comes back to the ultimate thing in business, which is OPM, other people's money. The problem is I don't agree with that because I don't believe in having debts in, in, in the universe and in the world in general because this is a transfer of energy. The sooner you get your debts paid, two things happen. Number one, you prove to yourself that you can do it. And that's, that level of accomplishment builds incredible momentum for you as an entrepreneur and for you as an individual. Secondly, it reinforces the strength of the relationship with the person who provided you the original loan. And you have no idea when you might need to go back to them again for another loan. You have no idea when you may need additional resources. And so I always say, do the right thing, because doing the right thing is a rare commodity today. Pay off your debt. Get your debt paid off. Get it settled. Family, no family, doesn't matter. Interest rate, no interest rate, doesn't matter. The only way to run a business successfully, a small business, is to be debt-free. It's different when you grow your business and you've got a holding company and you're using leverage structures in the financial industry. That's a totally different game. And then you start playing the money game. But when you're an individual, when you're a small business, you've got to settle your debts because your reputation is all you have. And your reputation will be enhanced not only to the person who you pay the debt to, but you'll enhance your relationship with yourself because there is an incredible sense of accomplishment when you go, 
I toiled, I put in my labor, and I settled this debt, and I now know I own this thing 100%. You wouldn't have even asked me the question if there wasn't a doubt in your mind as to whether or not that debt should be paid. And I'm actually just here to serve as a professional reminder to you. I'm literally like that notification that comes up on your desktop. It's time to pay your debt. It is time to pay your debt. And you should put every cent possible to paying that debt because here's the other thing. How can you even begin to think of growing a business and expanding it when you're already carrying debt just to be in business in the first place? So you have to get it paid and you've got to use customer profits to pay it because then you're telling yourself, hey, not only is this business good, but it's enabled me to pay off the original debt that I took on. And I'm now at a point where I'm actually a sovereign individual. I am fully in charge of this business. I know what it takes. I understand the discipline it takes to manage money. And everything after that is easy because, you know, as I tell everybody in business, I don't care what the business is, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a dentist, whether you sell toilet rolls, it's money in, money out. It's cash flow. You've got to bring in more money than money going out. You've got to make sure that when you look at your balance sheet, that you've got more assets and liabilities. Business is not complicated, but people complicate it because they bring their own personal insecurities and shortfalls into a business. And I never see a business that fails. I see entrepreneurs who fail the business, not the business that fails the entrepreneurs. And a big part of that is money management. So my advice to you is get the debt paid. It's good for your own conscience. And more importantly, it's good for your reputation. And as an entrepreneur, the only thing you have in this world, it's not a degree, it's your reputation. That's the only thing you have. Okay, awesome. So just focus on getting that and then thinking about saving and moving, doing anything else. Not everything at once. Well, again, come back to a good personal finance lesson here, right? I had this question fairly recently. Somebody said, you know, why should I pay off my bond when I can take that money and go and invest it? And then my answer was simple. What are you going to get on the investment? Well, nine or eight or 10%, but your bond is running at 11%. Why would you go and invest to get a 10% return when you're paying 11% on your financing? This goes back to basic personal finance. And you've got to apply the same thinking in your business, right? It is always pay off your debts first. Okay, so let's jump in with your third question. So my business is based in uh, between Pretoria and Johannesburg, but I have a lot of inquiries from clients like in Durban, Cape Town, and some of them fly up to come and see me. So I've been thinking of maybe going alternating every month, flying down to Durban, then flying down to Cape Town to service clients in the different cities. But I don't know, also bearing in mind if that's going to be profitable, you know, with travel expenses, just to try and get more money in and also not to hit burnout as a, as a sole prop. So the question is, is that a good idea? Um, moving around cities, is it too fast at this stage in the business? Should I first focus on Gauteng or what would you advise? Sure. Again, a very deep question to to jump into because, you know, and I, and I totally get the headspace because I've been in the space so many times before starting businesses. You, you have to understand that if you divide your attention, you divide the results. And the deciding factor on everything is how much money am I making? As much as people don't want to hear this, this is how much money am I making? If you can make the same amount of money by staying in your local area, why take away time from your family traveling? Why get on an airplane and waste two hours in the air, an hour in the air, three hours at the airport? Because you need to understand something. You may be doing a two-hour procedure, but it might be costing you six hours of time in travel, right? And so you have to factor that in as an hourly rate. You cannot charge the same hourly rate, for example, if you're traveling somewhere to go and do a job as you're charged back 
in your own local area because you've got to factor in not just the cost of the airline ticket, but the hours in the air. The hours in the air is time that you could be spending getting customers in your local area, that you could be working on somebody where you could actually be getting income. So there's always this opportunity cost which you need to weigh up. But this is this is my advice to you. If you can get people in out of province paying you in advance, because this is the other thing, you've got to make sure they pay in advance. There's no point in taking up all your time and effort to get somewhere, do the job, and only figure out that, well, you're probably not getting paid, right? You've got to make sure you get paid in advance. You've got to make sure that you charge more than what you're charging locally. You've got to charge a travel rate, right? And you've got to include all of your travel costs. If you're taking those travel costs out of the procedure cost, well, you're just thinning down your margin, and that doesn't make sense. That is absolutely ridiculous. There are other ways still to service those clients, and I'm going to give you a couple of ideas around that. But for you, you need to come down to the calculation of what is the opportunity cost in this? What is this thing actually costing me and how much money am I actually making? And when you run a spreadsheet on on this, you're probably going to come to the most logical conclusion, which is it isn't financially viable. And so it's probably better off for me to stay here, grow this thing, and then figure out how do I still service clients in those areas without physically being present? Now, I know as a sole entrepreneur, what I'm about to say is probably going to make your hair stand up on end and you're probably going to say, but they can't do it the way I do it. Try and find a partner, maybe even look at franchising, maybe find a, find uh, somebody who you compete with in that, in that province and do a referral uh, fee. So in other words, if they get the job, they pay you a 20% commission or a 30% commission. And so now all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're expanding your business without having to physically go and be there without having to physically go and do the procedure, without having to physically lay out costs. And what you will find is that that probably will become the the profit center of your business because what you will do is you will eventually figure out that, well, listen, I can only bill out eight hours a day, but I I can get other people and I can bill out 30, 40, 50, 60 people eight hours a day if I grow and expand it. And that really is what business is about. It's about figuring out how to make the most amount of money with the least amount of effort. Yes. Um, so in my business, I think there's only like one other person in South Africa doing what I'm doing. So um, would that mean maybe doing like a training program in those areas and then maybe outsourcing it to the people I've trained that started business there? Absolutely. And, and, and turn that into a business, you know, get people to buy an agency in each province, potentially, maybe franchise the idea. You need to think deep on it, right? And, and I would say rather than resourcing up and taking on extra staff and all of this, I would figure out how do, how do you bring owner operators into this environment that are going to take accountability, right? Because at the end of the day, in this space, if you have one bad procedure, it reflects terribly on you. But if you bring in an individual who is invested and has accountability based on the fact that they are the entrepreneur themselves, then I think there's, I think there's incredible merit in that. And I would certainly look at doing it as a as a business venture, find, you know, potentially tattoo artists or find people closely aligned to the industry that you think are able to service and offer these guys a business opportunity, offer them an opportunity to run a little sub franchise of what you're doing, figure out how to package it with the training, bringing on uh, clients, how to go out and get clients and take a fee, you know, because at the end of the day, you as one person can only sell eight hours a day. And that's the limitation in what you're doing. Okay. And that will also take a lot of stress out. Uh, so they won't be working for you. It will be almost like they will have the accountability and the drive because it would be their business. So that responsibility would also not fall on me. So that makes sense. 
And the other thing is, I mean, you know, you said to me that this is this is a very unique thing that you're doing. And I mean, I can understand it is, I mean, if I think about the number of people uh, that have vitiligo, I mean, it's a huge problem in the Indian community, for example. And these cosmetic procedures can be very life changing for people, right? And it's and it's a great opportunity to get in on the ground up. And so I think you need to be focusing on selling the concept <laughs> rather than selling the product. Because right now you're the product and the concept. I think there's far more value in pushing the concept. And the great thing is whilst, and I, and I tell a lot of solo entrepreneurs the same thing, the big benefit of what you're doing is you're in the engine room right now. You're getting to understand the problems, the customer issues, the admin issues. So it's very easy for you then to bring somebody else, set them up with a kind of agency business around it, and eliminate the learning that you've had to undergo in the last year. And so that's going to make them that much more successful. So that's the road I would definitely go down. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Yes, that's a relief <laughs> to, to hear that. Yeah, it's a different way of thinking. Thank you very much. If you found value from this episode of The Hustle, be sure to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcasting app. And while you're there, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button depending on your platform. And remember, hustle makes muscle. Stay motivated by The Hustle. Talkers talk, but hustlers hustle. Find more episodes at ecr.co.za or your favorite podcast app.